Hey, welcome back to the Infus Podcast. This is episode 298, A Swarm of Black Widows. Um, Daryl, the question you have to ask is, what happens when you make the Black Widow a dime a dozen? Uh, Baker's dozen? <laughs> I think there was a few more than a Baker's dozen Black Widows, but yeah. <laughs> Anywho, so welcome back to the show. Um, if you don't know, I'm Brian. And I am Daryl. Yeah, we have very distinct As, voices. You can tell us yes. very easily. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this week we are reviewing Black Widow. Um, this is going to be fun because we have very different thoughts on Black Widow. Uh, we are talking about the Loki snooze button, I mean finale. Uh, we're going to gush over the return of Lois, uh, Soups and Lolo yet again. See, here's the only good part about it going on all these hiatuses, hiatus I is we get to have it come back um and yeah. it's awesome and then we and have when you, two news bites sorry go ahead yeah when you texted me about it i forgot it i completely forgot it was it was wednesday and it come back this week you know all these people are worried about like big tech censorship and stuff right now but if it wasn't for apple i would have totally forgotten because i got the i got the alert from uh, my apple tv plus saying Superman and Lois is now on the CW app. So I was like, oh, shit, yeah. And I shut everything down and went and watched it. So, you know, I, you know, I think I actually turned off my notifications because I have the CW app on my phone. Oh, no, I'm yeah. It's, it it, it's not from the CW app. It's from like actually Apple um, from yeah. just the, the TV service of it. Because I, I, I subscribe to the whole Apple premium thing. You know, yeah. Why not? You're an right? Apple stan. Uh, <laughs> I would I would say I'm a I'm an Apple apologist more than I'm an Apple stan because they can do wrong in my eyes and if you don't like Apple I'm not like you're an idiot, um, so <laughs> yeah so you're not no you're not a stan you're yeah. an apologist yeah I, yeah one hundred percent an apologist so uh, but yeah no we have an interesting show before we before we get uh, words are hard we have an interesting show <laughs> and before we get started. Uh, if you're listening to this on Sunday or Monday morning and you're in the Cincinnati area, Monday night on the 19th, we are going to be live at Fretboard, uh, Fretboard Brewing in Blue Ash, Ohio on Creek Road starting at 7 o'clock. You should come. There's swag. There's Daryl. There's me. And there's a chance to maybe get called up and be on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... Anyway, that's uh, that's what's happening this week. Um, so just a few programming notes. So we're going to record that on Monday. That's going to be the episode that comes out next Sunday. Um, so, you know, the, the Sunday following this Sunday. And then um, the 300th episode will be the week after that. Creeping on a come up. With our special 300th episode surprise recording. That's a lot of episodes. Three hundred. You know what though? It's 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 actually like three. I think it's close to like three hundred and thirty. With I was about to say bonus that all the bonus episodes, special yeah. episodes, and comic conventions that were split into two episodes. Yeah. So I mean, it's gonna be a blast. Um, and just prepare, be prepared for next week's to next week's episode to be long. It's gonna it's gonna be probably closer to the two hour mark than we normally get. <laughs> Uh, I got to be done by eight. Sorry. That doesn't mean I can't keep recording. 
I have to take the stuff. I have to take the mics. I mean, what do you even? The, they're, even no, they're, they're, they're not even letting me use our own mics. <laughs> so this is going to be actually. If you guys come to this, it's going to be a really fun um, observation of Brian not being in total control of the sound Uh-oh. of the podcast. <laughs> oh, so we can't do. You can't do the. How dare you? No, I can't. <laughs> Well, I can't do it right now either because I didn't plug the soundboard in. But um, anyway, uh, but yeah, so it, it's it's one of those things where it's just like I'm going to have to like really try hard not to be like, let me just set it up up here and we'll just run our cord. We'll, we'll just we'll, we'll run an out to your board and you can and you can do it through the PA that way. Um, just just do the Carl Winslow. <laughs> Just breathe. Three, two, one, one, two, three. <laughs> what the heck is bothering me? Did you? Ever, you'll be fine. Did you ever watch Raising Hope? No. Um, the um Bert, um, I can't remember the actor's name now. He he takes Virginia and he like just kind of rubs the the outside part of his forefinger down his her nose and like flicks it off. You're gonna have to come around and like do that for me <laughs> to calm me down. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's enough intro for this week. Um, so our first story up is uh, it, it actually it was a story that that came across just randomly. Um, the Silverhawks is being rebooted into a new Names animated of silver, series. Nerves of steel. So, I still know that freaking song. All right. So I was not like I liked He Man. Right. I was a He Man fan. I was a Thundercats super fan. I'm 100% a stan for, for Silverhawks. Um, <laughs> like, like four years ago, uh, my LCS, he came with everything. It was, it was all the characters that were still in package. He had hot licks um, and everything. And I almost pulled the trigger, and I totally regret not doing that. Because um, it, it was every character still on card. Hot Lakes, the ship still in there, Monstar ship still in there, um, Steel Heart and Steel Wills ship still, you know, closed. Uh, yeah, so uh, oh, dude, I know, that's right? a treasure. It was like it was like six hundred bucks too, and I'm like, oh. it's like, but like at the time that was like ah, that's a lot of money. Like now yeah. I, I wouldn't have even blinked, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. Anywho, so it's being remade. It's uh, it's actually the the classic animated show was developed by Rankin and Bass Productions, released in 1986, 65 episodes. Um, and if you're not familiar, it's the 29th century. There's a group of heroes who have to go into deep space to help um, the citizens of the galaxy of Limbo. And in order to make the trip, they have to be augmented. And so they're given metal bodies and wings and, and, you know, the ability to to handle not just the trip out to space, but the the rigors of deep space. Um, So and and that's where you get the partly metal, partly real. Um, It always bothered me that they all had the one like right arm or in the case of Steel Will, because he was the twin to Steel Heart, um, his his left arm is uh, that they had this one bit of just, like, flesh that survived in space with no issues. 
Yeah. So, I mean, even as a kid, you know, I mean, I'm, 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 su- I'm such a cynic, right? <laughs> that I couldn't even, I couldn't even suspend disbelief as like a, a, a nine-year-old to do that. Um, so this was uh, an extension of Thundercats. There was uh, allegedly going to be a crossover between the two. Um, but, but yeah. Um, so here's the interesting thing is this is being put on by Nacelle, um, who they're the company that does the toys that made us, the movies that made us, Down to Earth with Zac Efron, and Disney Plus is behind the attraction. Um, and in, in, in coinciding with this, they've teamed with Super 7, which the figures are already out, to have a um, an ultimate Silverhawks, and it's um, Quicksilver... Steel Will, Monstar, and I forget the fourth one off the top of my head because I don't have it pulled up. Um, but I mean, they're they're freaking awesome, and they're like fifty five dollars a piece. Um, I'm I'm going to be getting at the very least Quicksilver because he's my favorite uh, at some point, and then they're also Super Seven is going to have a whole line of um, reaction figures, I believe. Just talking about this, it just reminds me of how good we had it with the cartoons in the 80s so yeah all right so when i was at celebration in 2019 brian volk weiss did a panel on uh the toys that made us and it was uh it was amazing and he was so cool like i was super impressed uh so so knowing that he's involved with this knowing that brian flynn who is the founder and owner of super seven is involved with this this has me like super super jacked because these guys know what what the they know the nostalgia factor that all of this has, right? Right. But at the same time, they know like all these missteps that all these other shows have taken. Like you look at She-Ra and and you know the, the She-Ra had its fans. The Netflix She-Ra definitely had its fans, right? But um they make the Star Wars and G.I. Joe fan bases look downright accepting. Um, and then, uh, you know, there was the 2002 He-Man, which was great. And there was the 2011 Thundercats, which was great. Um, I would argue both of those series were better than the originals. Um, and that's just me, like whatever you want to believe is great. But then there was Thundercats Roar, which was someone essentially just took a dump on their computer and move the pixels, move the poop around into pixels, and took pictures of it, and that's what's on the screen. So, 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 I, I mentioned before we started recording how I watched uh, Tyrone Magnus's yeah. review of Space Jam: A New Legacy. I don't care. Uh, but just, just call it not Space Jam. So one of the things he said is, I don't understand how a movie like this how the executives and how the people involved think this movie is going to be a hit. He, be- he said it was torture because, because and- the person involved is the least self-aware person on the planet. And it's a vanity project for the guy who goes around wearing the goat's number, the goat's logo and the goat's shoes. Yeah. And, and he calls putting that on. Goat. Yeah. And putting that on Thundercats roar. How did you think that was going to splot? They didn't. These are the people who do this stuff do not like the original versions, and they just want to break it. They down. They want to break it. They just want to. They want to be. They want to be subversive. Pervert the memories. Yeah, they want to yeah. be subversive and they want to be edgy and stupid. 
And <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it's just one of those things where, um, like everyone who's involved in this has has me excited. Um, I, yeah, the fact that you said they're part of the toys that made us, yeah, gives me hope. Which, by the way, I did look it up real quick. It's Steelheart, Quicksilver. Uh, armored Monstar, eleven inch, and uh, Buzzsaw eight inch Buzzsaw. action that figure. That was the other one I forgot about. Buzzsaw. Yeah, and it is. And again, this is from Entertainment Earth. It is August twenty twenty two. Currently, is oh, okay. the the release date. Yeah, and I the mean, box, the packaging looks dude, the, nice. The packaging is awesome. It's got this cool like slip sleeve and everything. So yes, yeah, yeah. I'm I will excited. be order, I will be pre ordering Steelheart and Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at I the ver- like the I said, at the very least, I'm going to get Quicksilver. Um, yeah. And and most likely I'll get all of the actual silver hawks when they when they come out. When they yeah yeah, I'm not a fan. Uh, the monster doesn't look too bad, but that's eighty five bucks too. Well, he's eleven inches. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah. So that does that actually looks pretty sweet to be honest. So um, I really hope they do a stargazer because he's mm-hmm. such a cool looking character design. And then uh, I hope they you know I mean honestly like. So Quicksilver was my favorite, and then Bluegrass was my second favorite, and then Steelheart, Steel Will, and then I I tolerated the Copper Kid, but only because I just I don't know I just wasn't into the Copper Kid. Now uh, here's the thing: if they're gonna do any kind of gender swaps for characters, right? Mm-hmm. You can make Copper Kid a girl, and it doesn't change anything because Copper Kid isn't even human. Yeah. So. Um, that doesn't matter. And plus, Copper Kid comes from a planet of mimes, which is why he speaks in 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 you know tones and whistles. Yeah, See, yeah, and that yeah, that's an exact. I would prefer them to keep stuff like this as is. Yeah. But there, like you said, there are examples of characters where it doesn't really matter. Right. The problem is all too often, like it's. It's that adage, you know, you give them an inch, they take a a yard. Yep. In this case, with with studios, you give them an inch, they take two miles. And I, but again, going back to who's you know behind all of this, I'm really hoping they stay true. And 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 again, like you said, Copper Kid, I, that's one of those characters I didn't care about, right? At all. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, right. So um, the only thing, other thing that I ask is. Uh... Don't make it suck. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. All this right. Is correct. Let's move on to Star Trek um, movie news that dropped this week uh, from Deadline uh, Movie Web. Sorry, I saw this on Movie Web. They announced that a new Star Trek movie is happening. Chris Chris Pine's crew will return, and Wandavision director Matt Shackman, who directed all eight episodes of Wandavision, will be coming back on board to direct uh the untitled star trek movie for paramount and bad robot so it says here following several false starts to get the franchise's next movie off the ground news comes shortly after shackman's wandavision nabbed 23 emmy nominations this year instantly making everyone involved a much hotter commodity now when we what we loved wandavision I think that's fair to say. I, I, I don't necessarily want to speak for you, but at the same time, I'm speaking for you. Loved it. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, you can speak. Yeah. You can speak for me on that regard. Yeah. Anyway, um, and and one of the great things about Wandavision was the cohesive vision of Matt Shackman 
from episode to episode. And the way that he was able to do the looks of, you know, the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s um, style of filming was was fantastic. And so having him and then and then the, the battles, like all of the CGI battles were really well done. Oh, absolutely. Like, like even like the last the spoilers, by the way, even the last battle between Wanda and um, Agatha, when Wanda is is throwing, you know, hex bolts at her and she's missing. And it's like, man, this CG sucks. Like she's not like hitting her at all. And then it's like, oh, wait a second. Like, if you look, you can see as it hits, it forms a rune. Like it was like really, really just amazingly subtle storytelling that had a huge payoff yeah and it was it really excited me for what i thought we were gonna get yeah but in that regard despite the disappointments I, I, of i'm the happy following, i'm happy we didn't get mephesto yeah oh yeah so, uh, no i'm talking about the series after the oh, yeah, uh, well, falcon and winter soldier okay, on, and loki on, yeah before we get to those though uh, I do want to say this is going to be the last nice thing I say about Jack Schaefer in this episode. Um, not knowing about the history of Wanda paid off for Jack Schaefer um, by accident for this. Um, I mean, honestly, it did. It, it worked because I think if she would have been steeped in Wanda lore, we would have gotten a much different version of Wanda. Wanda would have either been an overwhelming hero, which wouldn't have made sense, or she would have been there would have been no Agatha Harkness and Wanda would have been, would have been turned into a mustache twirling villain. And instead, we got a Wanda who was inadvertently a villain and did not realize yeah. it. Um, it. It was a comp. It was a very complex, just like again, just like characters should be, yep. be three dimensional and feel real. That's what it that's what I loved about her character is yes. that she was complex. And the fact that Shackman was the one that directed all of these, I was going to say something about Loki, but we'll go, go to yeah, that we're, later. We're talking about Loki now, uh, after Star Trek. But um, so but yeah, I did, so. I, I am excited for this just because I loved what he was able to do and mm -hmm. creating a seamless narrative, which again, the shows following this did not have seamless narratives. And again, I love the new cast of Star Trek, even though, you know, unfortunately, we lost Anton Yelchin a few years ago to a crazy accident. Yeah, that that's just a the just dumb luck or bad, bad luck. Yeah, you know? I think I did read a, not was it last year? Oh, his parents settled the lawsuit with the with company Jeep. with Jeep. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I am excited about this because I do like these show these movies. I think you you said Beyond was your favorite, didn't you? Uh yeah, I really, I really like Beyond. Um, Beyond is also the dumbest one of them all, but uh, as far as just dumb, but yes, I like it. I will say though, like it felt like a character died when the Enterprise got spoilers when the Enterprise got shot down. In yeah, that but movie. here's the thing: is it it happens in every it happens all the no, it, but it, it was just such a well done. I, I just really like how they did it. They yeah. made it feel like a character death. So. But yeah, again, I love this cast. Yep. I'm glad we're 
Yeah, yeah, because there was the rumors that Quentin Tarantino was going to do an R-rated Star yeah, Trek. Yeah, I didn't want to see that. I, I didn't. I look. I like. I love Quentin Tarantino for what he does. I don't. I didn't want him to do a Star Trek. Yeah. Just I. I don't. We don't need that type of edge to Star Trek that he would have brought to this series. Okay, so let's talk about the bad, because this is obviously not all good. Um, There are two women writing the script, uh, Lindsay Beer and Genevieve Roberts. Um, So Lindsay Beer, I'll get to Genevieve in a second. Uh, The only thing that she's written that has come out is... uh, Sierra Burgess is a Loser, which she wrote in 2018, is a Netflix movie. She wrote um, some episodes on the Magic Order TV series, um, which it looks like she wrote six episodes in 2018. She is working on an early screenplay for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. She's working on the Untitled Pet Cemetery project, uh, something called King Killer Chron- the King Killer Chronicle screenplay, the Untitled Star Trek for sequel for 2013 visionary knights and magic and the mag- knights of the magical light has been announced silver sable is announced short circuit is announced uh mask Mar- mobile armor strike command is announced in a, something called empress where she wrote the screenplay so she has literally seven writing credits to her name right now and and she's getting a huge budget movie right that's always very nerve-wracking in the sense of again we're we're I'm focusing we're I know we're focusing a lot yep. on the Disney Plus oh, MCU well, series yeah. but they this, had this that is, same issue. This is this is going to get worse. So mm-hmm. Genevieve Roberts is known for the screenplay for Tomb Raider which I know you liked was not well received. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wrote the screenplay and uh, the story for Captain Marvel uh star trek visionaries night silver sable marin mask gotham city sirens she's been announced for and artemis she's been announced for Uh, i think that's the andy weir book yeah artemis yep which actually isn't bad i actually liked artemis uh rosario dawson i did their audiobook rosario dawson did a great job reading the book um but yeah so uh i have that's where you know it's not all puppies and rainbows right um now you have you have these two two people who uh are pinning the screenplay for the movie and they're you know i mean let's be honest like captain marvel's story is dog shit mm-hmm. it makes zero sense um yeah yeah and and again like you said the tomb raider story a lot of that story was taken from the reboot of the game there were many of the moments in that in that game in the narrative that came because i was playing it at the same time it came out and but yeah like you said it wasn't well received we're not necessarily saying they can't do the job but anytime you put people who have very little experience on like you said a big budget project that is a huge huge gamble yep like even if they would have written had once one the same amount of credits and they had maybe one really kick-ass movie that they wrote mm-hmm. that's still only one movie right. that's not enough of a track record to say hey they can do star trek or they can do x y or z again i really hope they do a great job in this and they absolutely could but again when you get people on these big budget movies and they don't have a lot of experience that's that's always a gamble yes 
Very, very much so. Very, very, very much so. It's a gamble. And I am not 100% sure how I, I feel about that. So um, I will say I'm excited about Matt Shackman. I'm excited that Chris Pine is going to be sitting in the captain's chair again. Um, and Anton will be sorely missed. Uh, yeah. Rip Anton. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's get to Loki. Um or snoozy, as you might want. Actually, here's the thing. I think halfway through this show, they should have just called the show Sylvie. That's all. That's pretty much what happened. Um, they they should have just taken Loki's name off of it because he really wasn't involved anymore. And you know, so um, with this, yeah. There were a lot of, you know, I, I, I did look through, you know, look through, I did go to a diff- lot of different channels that I, I follow. And there were a lot of people that really, I mean, they were like, oh, this is kick. This was such a kick ass episode. And I'm thinking to myself, did, did, did I miss something? No, it wasn't terrible. I don't think it was terrible. Like I told you, I thought the first half was boring and the mm-hmm. second half brought some very intriguing things. And I actually think I might have to, rewatch the whole series again because there were instances of where I zoned out and I it's not like I was playing on my phone or anything. I was just zoned out because it was a lot of talking and not a lot of things being said, but I think I did. There were some things I could have missed that might've made things a touch bit more interesting, but again, it goes with what what we were just talking about with WandaVision and the cohesive narrative. Loki did not have that. And you and people can argue, well, you know, it's about time travel and this, that, or the other. You can yeah. still make right. a time travel affair cohesive yeah. and make sense and be interesting without a lot of exposition. Absolutely. Like this, this was there were so many exposition dumps. It reminds me of I just watched re, re just uh, watched season or episode two of The Witcher. Yeah. And when Yaskier oh, yeah. is walking, he's like, "And eh, look at me, you know, dumping exposition." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so. Um, in my, in one of my, my nerd group text chains, right. It's, uh, did everyone see Loki? And this was at like Wednesday at 1130 in the morning. Uh, one person said, nope. And I replied, no one wants to watch your stupid Loki show. And, uh, my buddy Jay said, the episode was amazing. I said, let me guess. There's a solid 20 minutes of people sitting in a concrete room talking. Uh, then something stupid happens and then they flight fight a cloud. And he said, uh, then he said, go watch and you'll see. And I said, oh, and we can't forget the mandatory affirmation from Loki. And I, I'm putting Loki in quotes, by the way. Uh, Loki to Sylvie about how amazing she is. Um, you know, so then I watched it <laughs> and my response was, it's a stupid fucking show that never should have been made. Kate Heron is a self-inserting douche who never once watched an MC movie, MCU movie to understand Loki. Um Every episode is two to three people in a concrete room prattling about nothing like it's a Seinfeld episode. I can't believe this was worse than Virtue Signal and the Neutered Soldier. <laughs> I can't. I can't. This like, I, I, I've, I, I've actually had to watch every episode twice because Angel wanted to watch it, right? Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, so am I. Uh, <laughs> um, you're you're going to have to get all the way off my back on that one. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, dude, you got me obsessed with that goddamn bitch meeting. <laughs> oh, by the way, he's moving uh, the new episodes to Tuesday at 4.15 instead of Sunday at 
I didn't even know when new ones came out because I'm like 200 behind. Um, <laughs> I didn't and, either. So. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so th- this was inherently a bad show because Kate Heron had zero business being in charge of this show. Zero. Um, she, she, she running the show. She did not have a plan. Um, the writers, the writers room was, was not great. Um, and at at the end of the day, um, she was agenda driven instead of story driven. Um, it, it really baffles my mind because we both like that show sex education with Asa Butterfield and, um, uh, Gina, Jillian uh, Anderson. Jillian Anderson. I was gonna say Jillian Davis. Season one, I yeah. love season one. Season yeah. two, I did not like. Season season two was not not so great. No, uh, but she wrote episodes one, uh, five, six, seven, and eight of season one, which you know are all great. Um, yeah. But looking at what she's written, like she wrote an episode of that god awful Daybreak, like you know teenage post apocalyptic skateboarder movie or TV show uh, on Netflix. Like how she got to be in charge of. I'm sorry, directed. She directed all of that. Let me rephrase that. How she got to be in charge of this particular series is, to quote Ricky Bobby, Bobby, mind-boggling. Like, it doesn't even boggle my mind. It puts my mind in a bottle, shakes it up, throws it into the ocean, lets it get sun damaged, finds it 25 years later, smashes it on a rock, and feeds it to to seagulls. That's how mind-boggling this is. There is a term people use a lot with comics, mostly comics, but how they bleed into, you know, live action and stuff is mm-hmm. so-and-so doesn't understand the character. And sometimes people use that because they just don't like the product. It's not necessarily that a person doesn't understand the character. Now, a lot of times it is. In this case, Kate Heron and the people don't understand the Loki that they were tasked with bringing to this series. I think they this only is watched the Loki. Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah, because this is a Loki who still in you know, he's he basically bewitched his father, dumped him off on Earth, took over Asgard. Mm-hmm. This is a Loki who tried to betray Thor in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. So you get this heartfelt simp of a Loki that hasn't has he hasn't lost his mother. All of this stuff did not happen. This is a Loki that just tried to take over New York and kill millions of people. He and took you, a you're telling me, eye. like, yeah, mere you're telling me before all of this. You te- you're telling me you're, we're going to get this Loki after a few days, despite what he had been doing over centuries. Yeah, that is that in itself is unacceptable. And that in itself tells me they didn't know the character. And like you said, they must have just watched the last 20 minutes of Ragnarok. Yeah. They watched the last 20 minutes of Ragnarok, and then they watched uh, him try to kill Thanos in Infinity War. Yeah, that had to be, because if you did your homework and you saw what he did after this, there's no way in hell they would have brought this Loki to the screen. And again, I love Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Tom Hiddleston is one of the only reasons that this show overall – I, I like the parts with him. Yeah. The parts when the parts with him where he wasn't a jobber to Sylvie. Yes. I liked when he was in and especially with him and Owen Wilson. Yeah. 
I uh-uh. love their chemistry. They were amazing together. Yep. We didn't get enough of it. No. I decided my favorite character was Miss Minutes. <laughs> She's a little sassy thing. Yeah. She had the sass. I mean, she had the Tara Strong sass. Um, and Casey. I liked Casey. But we didn't get any more Casey after the second episode. So, um, yeah. The, the whole uh, Ravona Renslayer character turned out to be a gigantic waste of a character. Um, the... The, the whole idea that this Loki is going to try and help fix anything is ridiculous. This should have been, he stepped, he stepped, he stepped through the portal with the Tesseract and he's using the Tesseract to jump from time and space and inadvertently through the multiverse. How great is that if Loki doesn't know he's destroying the multiverse in his wake? Yeah. And then you have... Ravana, um, Mobius and Mobius, and even you could put Hunter B-15 in there if you really want. Um, here's the other thing that bothered me, and we've talked about this a lot, right? But, like, I was really thinking about it. Mere minutes before this, it took the Hulk smashing Loki over his head onto the ground back and forth eight times just to barely incapacitate him. Because Loki essentially got up and no-sold it. And you've got just these random variant humans running around, jobbing him out like he's a, you know, no-name wrestler, local wrestler number two as WWE rolls through, you know, Spokane, Washington or Ely, Iowa or, you know, um, Midland, Texas. Yeah, it's... And again, it it's a betrayal of a character who, I, I've, Tom Hiddleston is one of my favorite parts about the MCU. Tom Hiddleston as Loki, and they forget Loki is the god of lies, mm-hmm. and and they kind of bring that up in this episode they do, where yeah. he even says, w- which I did like that, yeah, where he's like, you know, you can't trust people talking to Sylvie, right. and I can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. I did like how they brought that in because for the most part, it was as if, like you said, it was as if this was a continuation of Loki's redemption arc, you know, after Ragnarok and the early minutes of Infinity War. That's what they were trying to do. But they skipped several years of development of losing his mother uh, and it feeling like his fault and, you know, losing his father and watching Asgard being destroyed. But he he they sh- see here's the thing is they showed him all that, so they're expecting us to believe that he got to that like he got to where he is at his death, and just from watching that because they didn't show him any of this stuff from Dark World. They didn't show mm-hmm. him other than you know Freya getting killed and then you know saying he did it. Um, yeah, I don't know. So this was written by Michael Waldron who wrote the first episode who's writing multiverse of madness and Eric Martin who wrote the f- fourth episode. Um, it was the one that wasn't the doctor who episode um, who wrote, wrote for community and Rick and Morty and things like that. I am terrified for Dr. Strange too. I am terrified because Kang. And I know they never called him Kang. He's the, the one who lives or whatever the, the Harry Potter bullshit title they tried to throw on him. Um, 
was horrible. And and you know what? I'm sorry that the guy from Warcraft County got his show canceled. Um, Lovecraft Country? I don't know what it's fucking called. <laughs> well, I, I didn't even make it through the first episode. Um, uh, I, I'm halfway through so far of the halfway, season. Halfway through the first episode, too. No, halfway through season one, yeah. and I, I, I just haven't been able to make myself go back. I yet. just, I, I couldn't find myself to care about it. Um, anyway, I think because I loved Watchmen so much, just mm-hmm. like watching what they were trying to do there, I was like, no, I don't, I don't need to do that. I have Watchmen. Um, anyway, uh, I hated Kang. Like, it, it would have been so much better if it turned out that. Mobius and Mobius was Kang. Um, okay, I will say this, and this is I, I, I could I did not like this version. How how Jonathan Majors and I like him. How Jonathan Majors what portrayed else has Kang been in this. besides Warcraft County? Uh, I'd have to look. Wait, what's uh, it? What's it actually called? <laughs> Lovecraft Country. Warcraft County. We're not even coming up with Warcraft County. You, I was like, I, so. I, I was gonna say, I don't think he was in Warcraft. <laughs> so, I just want to see what else Jonathan Majors was in besides uh, Lovecraft County. Uh, he Country. was in The Five Bloods. Uh, oh, he's in White Creed Boy Three. Rick. Oh, I like White Boy Rick. That's a good movie. Yeah, he hasn't been in much, honestly. No. Hostels. Oh, I haven't he's seen in that the, Rise. He's in the. Um, the is it the Joss Whedon version? Uh, oh no, he's in a version of Much Ado About Nothing from 2013. Hmm, interesting. He plays Dogberry. Um, I mean, Hostels, White Boy Rick. Oh, out of the blue, I like that one. Uh, Joe so, Land, I liked. He's in a movie called I, Lovecraft Baby. That was a short. I wonder if that was a short before Lovecraft. Yeah, well, because he's played Addy. Oh yeah, and he Addy plays and Atticus. Atticus for, yeah, Atticus. So, so what? What I saw from him in Lovecraft Country when I heard he was going to be Kang the Conqueror, I was like, yeah. okay, I, I yes, because I think he has the chops and he has a similar character. He's like a super serious character with a lot of anger within him, based on you know because of his father and everything like that in Lovecraft Country. Yeah. This was a total departure, and I think they did this purposely to show the disparities of the differences in personalities of the Kangs we'll see in the future. So, I still didn't like it Kang, at Kang, all. There's one. There's one Kang, right? And and like I, I'm, I, I know it's gonna sound like O'Brien's oh, being all comic book guy here, but like it's much more terrifying if there's one Kang and not legions of Kangs, especially when one Kang was able to keep the legions at bay. Well, I, and again, I'm only, you know, kind of guessing here, but if, what if, you know, there's a war of the Kangs off screen and then there is only one Kang standing, then that that would be fine. Loki should have been the war of the Kangs and Mm -hmm. that should have been the B plot that ran through the story until they were able to converge it in episode six and open it up to the multiverse of madness. Yes. (laughs) So in that regard though, I, I, I'm still fine as long as he's not portraying that character that we saw this week yeah. as Kang, because okay. it's, yeah. it's, it's, again, I'll give I him the benefit of the doubt in quantum mania, yeah. electric boogaloo. But um, I, I think majors, it will, if they play it right, he should be a, a strong, strong villain. I, I will say Just because this. I, I like his acting chops. He was likable, right? He, he was, he was very likable. He wasn't like awful in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, yeah, uh, like I, I'm right there with you. I'm ready to give him for the bout, uh, the doubt of um, Quantumania Seven. Um, <laughs> actually, uh, what Quantumania Six was a good one. WrestleMania Six was a good one. Oh no, Quantumania X Seven. There we go. That was the worst WrestleMania. You um, know, what? I'm I almost want to. You know, when I just said the War of the Kangs, kind of reminds me a little bit of the one. And how Jet Li's Dude. character was going killing him, See, his, that's like what versions I was of himself. That, that's what I thought yeah. he was going to say. He's like, yeah, there's been one who's been going through and like consolidating all the Kangness in the universe. He even went. That would been awesome. He even went to TMT and killed Krang because it sounded similar. <laughs> um, that motherfucker's crazy. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go beat that out now. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, and then, like, we get this. We, we we have the timeline splintered again. Again, mind you. Like, we've already seen the timeline splinter off, and they got it under control very easily, right? Um, right. Sylvie is in um, House Flying Castle. She could probably stop that after she kicked Loki out and back to the TVA, now with Kang in charge. Which... Yeah, that was very interesting. It was such that... a it was such a strange note to end on, right? Um, yeah, because Loki did not do a good enough job telling any kind of a story. It's literally like Seinfeld or Ghostbusters in the way that it's about nothing. Yeah, and, it was and... not executed nearly as well as either of those two IPs. And that's why I said I'd need, I need. I'm going to have to just bite the bullet and rewatch it because I I know that there are things because of the. It didn't capture me like it was supposed to, like WandaVision did, for example. Yeah. There are things that I missed. I mean, even, like, and again, even VS in the NS, you know, had us like hooked on some things. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. This this had like this was it was it was a chore to watch. I like I never one time woke up and said I have to watch this today right. now. Most of the time, it's like oh, it's like ten o'clock. There's not you know. I, I don't want to watch any more YouTube videos. I'm going to watch fucking Loki. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so we'll, we're going to share some news. But first, uh, out of five cuckold Lokis, what do you give the season of The Loki? season, I give the season a three. <gasps> and that seems kind of high. I'm clutching my pearls right now. Yeah. <laughs> if I had pearls on, I would be clutching them. My hand is where and... the pearls would be right now. <laughs> And I give it a three and it's, it's almost undeserved. And the reason I say that yeah. is there is a lot of interesting things this sets up. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving it credit where of things that it could lead to, not necessarily the show. First, I did love, like I said, mentioned when we first started talking, love Tom Hiddleston when he wasn't jobbing for Sylvie, love the relationship between him and Mobius had a lot of fun with Miss Minutes in the short time she was there. Best character in the show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I actually liked Sylvie when she was in Hunter B-15. I actually really well, liked that. Then you liked Hunter. Uh, what's her? I don't have her name. Um, uh, but the woman who yeah, played she, Hunter B-15. Yeah. I, um, I like what she did when Sylvie was in her. <sighs> Very very the narrative itself and again we've talked about this in the story it was so up and down too much talking Mm. and it's not the talking it was 
about what was being said. They said stuff over five minutes, which they could have done in 60 seconds and made it more interesting. Yeah, less is more. So, yeah, so, I, I know that seems high. Especially when you only have six episodes. Yeah, I know it seemed, that seems high of a three out of five, but I'm giving I'm probably giving it credit where it doesn't deserve because there are, I, there are some generally very interesting things that I saw that it introduced. So, All right. So, hey, there was Throg in there. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna multiple or divide yours by half, <laughs> uh, and go with a 1.5 for the for the season. Um, it was a chore to get through. It was poorly written. It was poorly conceived. Um, again, I don't I don't care about the comics version of Loki. I don't even care that they listed on his thing that he's gender fluid because to be honest. He's just like fluid. He can. He's a shapeshifter. He's a trickster. He can be whatever he wants to be. Uh, that's kind of the beauty of the character. Apparently, he wanted to be a jobber and a simp. So, okay. Um, and then the woman that they got to, see the woman that got to play Sylvie could not stand with him on screen. No, she couldn't. Um, what's her name? Uh, Sophie DiMartino. Sophie. Yeah, she was not nearly a good enough actress to keep up with what Tom Hiddleston was putting down. And in the scenes where, in the in the couple of scenes where it was her and Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson, she might as well have just been digitally erased from the scene because <laughs> she served zero purpose there. Now the Rowena Ravencall, uh, Goo, is it Gugu Batha Raw? I, I never try pronouncing so, it. So anyway, she, on the other hand, in like the few times she was alone with Loki or Loki, Tom Hiddleston held her own. She with Mobius, even though their story was stupid, held their own and they had chemistry. That's yeah, the only I, reason I, this isn't getting a half star. And I will say that I was down on her after the first episode, I think. And, and you, you mentioned that maybe they needed someone younger or something along mm -hmm. those lines. And she doesn't have that acting experience, but she did grow on me from, from an actress standpoint in her performance. See, Again, yeah, like I, I, I like her. I mean, I liked her from, from that first scene where we saw her. Yeah. And I, it took me a minute to actually warm to her. Yeah. For but me, I she was she the, one of the few job. positive things about the premiere. Um, yeah. So I, I know they said it's coming back for a second season. I'm not, I wasn't super amped for that until the text that you sent me yes. when I was coming home from dinner. Yeah, so this is from Deadline, and this let's, came out this let's morning. try and do this in like two minutes. Yeah. So, uh, so Loki, Sylvie, and he who remains variants will be coming back for season two of Loki, but EP and director Kate Heron, who has been a force behind the project, will not return. She said, I always plan to just to be just on for this, and to be honest, season two wasn't in the – that's something that just came out. I'm so excited. And, you know, she gives the props and everything like that, but she will not be returning. She said she's focusing on her own stuff at the moment. I love Marvel and I love to work with them again, but my outing with Loki is what I've done with them. This is good news because I think she was the biggest problem of the show. Yeah. This news and actually earned what we got. half a star. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That didn't affect the, uh, the my thoughts on season one. Um, that makes me happy. I'm, I'm happy she's not coming back. I, I think she was a bad showrunner. 
I think she's a bad storyteller. And to be honest, I'm not really interested in anything she has to. Uh, oh, after to do her in the comments, yeah, I, so, I'm not interested at all. Even you know what? Here's the thing: even if she's doing her own thing and she wants to self-insert herself to her little heart's content, zero issue with that. Go you be you. Yeah. You be you. That's fine. But my money is going to stay in my pocket and is not going to support things that you're involved in. Correct. All right. I think that's enough about that. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right. Soups and Lolo. Soups and Lolo. Oh, all right. my gosh. I, I'm just going to put it out there. Um, Bitsy, Elizabeth. You are the backbone of this show. Uh, Elizabeth Turlock is Lois Lane. And the, 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 the new matriarch of the Kent family since, since Martha uh, passed has just been a rock star this season. The fact, the way that they have given these characters the screen time they deserve. Because, like, you've gotten Clark. Mm-hmm. You've gotten Superman. Mm-hmm. And you've gotten Lois the reporter, but you've also gotten Lois the mother. And this episode was really Lois the wife. Lois the bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the vulnerability she showed, you know, she has, I mean, she is strong, not just on the exterior. She is strong in the interior. And, And again, there might be spoilers here. So just so you know. And, but watching her work the scenes was incredible and her being like just the the pain that she you know kind of gave us knowing that her husband you know the world savior clark slash superman might be turning and not giving up faith Mm -hmm. that Hey, he can still we can he can still fight this this is the guy he gets it done you have to trust him like that was great and revealing to to steel um because at this point he's full on steel and I'm just going to call him steel um, <laughs> cuz John Henry Irons is a mouthful um JHI how about that um but no <laughs> steel yeah steel like when she's when when, when steel is all like I'm going to kill I'm going to kill me some superman like I this is why I came to this earth this is what I'm going to do uh we'll lay park again I think he's the most underrated part of the show, to be honest, um, was great. And when she's like, you know, hey, the reason that I know Superman is awesome is because, you know, he's he's my husband. And yeah. the, the just the complete, utter lack of concern on Steel's face was fantastic because I'm sitting there watching. And I'm like, who is cutting onions in this house? Uh, you know i I had um, goosebumps on that when 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 she brought him out like can we talk i was like she's gonna tell him and the whole scene i had goosebumps i thought she was gonna come out and be like look like i'll leave clark for you okay you know well (laughs) i'm kidding i didn't think that was gonna happen but Um, as well as she did who was the closer to get the steal johnny boy yes this was the episode of the johns yeah john henry irons john kent John Diggle. <laughs> yes, we got John Diggle. But and again, I, I have a whole thing about Diggle, like that I want to talk about. But yeah, no, you're right. John John Kent is 
Superman in his own way in this episode. Yeah, he not only does he give his brother the confidence to stretch his powers mm-hmm. to for where he is at right now beyond their limits. Yeah. But he also is the one that says, "Hey, I love that scene." Again, I don't think there's a scene I didn't love in this episode where he uh, goes to John. There was one scene. And it's I told you about it because I was watching it. I was watching. It. I said, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Oh, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> but he, I love when he he says, "Look, I, you know, I was the one that I got in your van, and I saw all this footage about you. I saw how my mom dies. Yeah, I you saw know, Natalie. I, I know you had it. Yeah, and you saw Natalie, and 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 you look like you're a pretty good father. Well, I just want you to know that the guy you're about to kill, he's a pretty good father as well. Mm-hmm. And man, that." Here was, like even right now, talking about that, right, right, getting all kind so of so well delivered. Here's the beauty of it, though. He didn't say, you know, you're a pretty good father. My dad's a great dad. He said, no, he's a pretty yeah. good dad too. Like he's like, you know, he didn't, he he did nothing to diminish John Henry Irons in that moment. Yeah, and and right. that that right there, and I I know you like to tease me about that. That was a huge amount of restraint from that writer's room to not be like, look, he's Superman. He's Superman. He's super dad. He's super husband. There's nothing he's not good at. No, he and that I moment find a... made them equal. Yes, yes, and and that that's the that's that is huge. That is so underrated. What you just said, as far as making them equal, and that's what John saw, or I should say Steel saw. Yeah, when he had when you know he had soups down for a minute. But it wasn't he, – he had Soups down because he was the one – he saw when he hesitated. Mm-hmm. Soups ha- Superman hesitated, yep. and he saw he started fighting. Well, he hesitated. He fought, and then he said, you have yeah. to do it because he wasn't yeah. – Clark was not sure he was going to be able to beat Zod. Mm-hmm. So, right. right. So just real quick aside, my for fuck's sake moment is when <laughs> they they – when they're like, you can't fight this being, and – He's like, what? And he's like, you can't fight Zod. And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake. The will of Zod. The will of Zod, <laughs> right? So it's like, oh, my God. They're going to turn Clark into Zod for like six episodes, aren't they? Oh. Um, but they didn't. And they eradicated Zod. Like, that made me so happy. Because, <laughs> I, you know, like, that's the last villain I want to see in Superman. And, and from yeah. here on out, it looks like zod is gone right um i i will say like i was just, i was just looking up to get like the summary for the episode because it's not up on wikipedia yet and mike sacchini from den of geeks editor-in-chief um was talking about zods and he said that uh the best he said for the record the best version of general general zod on screen or in the comics remains Colin Salmon's portrayal of the brilliant gone too soon Krypton. But that's a story for another time. So I looked up this dude. He's pretty young. I don't think he ever got to see Callum Blue play Zod on Smallville. Yeah. He, he didn't. So, and I watched Krypton and it was not a good show. It was gone. The, the, it, it wasn't gone soon enough. Let's put it that way. Um, so yeah, this is just, I, I, there's a reason he's saying that and I'm not going to say it out loud. And I, and again, I actually liked Colin Salmon's performance as Zod in the few episodes that I saw him because yeah. again, he's I, not bad, I but Krypton was 
not a good show. I mean, no, it wasn't. Like, that's why. That's why I couldn't. I didn't see him much in it no. because I mean, just I like Firefly, stand. like not a good show. People like stand for something good. Um, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, but and yeah. It, so that was the quick aside there. Like that was the thing where it's like, oh my god, they're gonna. I was like, <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah. I was going to be like that lady in that video I sent you who was getting filmed and like laying on the ground, like having a temper <laughs> tantrum and like just shaking. Uh, no, don't put Zada on screen. I could see, uh, totally see you doing that. I would Zod. never do such a thing. Uh, well, maybe not, not in public, but. Uh, not about Zod. I mean, <laughs> there's maybe three characters I would, <laughs> I would do that about. Um, Anyway, so yeah, so uh I loved I loved how how Tauro and and his dad um whose name just completely slipped my mind um were were like standing over Clark like any second now. Any second. He can't he can't do this. He can't he can't stand You can't up win. To this. Yeah. And um and then Clark just flies away. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, the 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 red sunlight bomb was cool. Um, it was just a different version of the red sunlight emitters that he had when uh, when Steel had trapped Superman the first time. I thought that was really mm-hmm. neat. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I can't wait. I mean, this is episode twelve. We got four more episodes to go. Yes, I'm. I'm I love that. So excited. Um, and- yeah. And even with the like stepping off the A game, A story for a minute, I told you like I early on in the show, what I liked with how they did Lana and her husband, Eric's character, yeah. or not Eric, but um Kyle. Kyle, yeah. The Eric, Eric, Eric Valdez, Valdez is, is the actor. actor yeah. The actor. Who, is who again Ky- is the second most underrated character on the show. Or yeah. actor. Sorry, Be- actor. Yeah, because they could have made him just that, you know, small town. Hit. punk yeah and but he has layers and they and w- watching him go through look and people blaming him and again this mm-hmm. i there's a way to insert things of reality without having to beat us over the head with it and this is the way they did it where they everybody blamed him and blamed lana because hey you were you know you, you were the cheerleader basically for mm-hmm. morgan edge and he was like i just wanted to to help this town yeah and that really that that's really hurtful to that has to be hurtful knowing that you tried your best and all you wanted to do was to see people he stood up become better when they wouldn't stand yeah. up for themselves and they they, and they, they were blaming him followed along right yeah this, this yeah. is this oh. is a great this is a great metaphor for the world today right yes nobody's yes. taking personal responsibility kyle is owning what he did lana is owning what she did the cushions are a super interesting aspect to the yeah. show that i never thought i was gonna love um I, me, me neither you know even asking the question that we both asked like didn't they have a second kid um, <laughs> so but remember they sent her away i forgot that they'd sent her away i did when, forget that they yeah. went to grandma's when uh they found out that kyle was uh turning kryptonian um yeah. turning kryptonian yeah it doesn't work you can't say like turning japanese um the song <laughs> anywho but uh, when when they're like cleaning up, like like who vandalizes someone's house like that? I mean, th- these are obviously like Antifa people in in Smallville. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> spray painting and throwing rocks through windows that's somebody's mo in the real world uh yeah and you but, but yeah i mean but he's like yeah no i'll clean it but like he was just wanting to get back to work he was wanting to go take care of his people and they're like we don't want you so it's going to be really interesting to see because they're obviously going to come crawling back to him at some point and yeah i think the growth that kyle has had is he's gonna be like all right i'm gonna step up like i'm the i'll be the mayor or whatever yeah i and it's again that growth that you see because you know he he was he started off as a dick but it wasn't because he was that way it was more he was very defensive of thinking that what lois was trying to do was going to hurt this town right right and like you said both he and Lana are owning up to the mistakes they made, but everybody else is like, this is your fault. Right. Nobody's well, taking any personal were... responsibility for like trying yeah. to get ahead and taking shortcuts. Yeah. yeah that's, exactly. that's essentially what it was. Cause they all came because to Lana like, Hey, I want to be in this management program. Well, I'm not sure you're right for it, but I really want to be in it. Okay. Yeah. It's so. because again, it's always someone else's fault. That's how a lot of people look at things. See, I like, can't. To, like, to, I can't take responsibility. It's not my fault. To quote our our favorite YouTube sketch, show, like they could have gone home and everything would have been super easy, barely an inconvenience, right? And they would have forgotten yeah. all about this. But like the way this is gonna bring Lana and Kyle together, which I like to see. I did not like to see them like, well, we're just gonna split this couple up. Yeah, right? I didn't like that either. And and the fact that they're like finding each other again and their love for each other, like and, that's and important. Fu- and fun, me. yeah, yeah, and fun. And that, like, yeah, the the catch up fight. The Michael Scott catch up fight that they had there with the with the hose and the soap. I know, I'm just kidding. Um, no, the water fight. Do you remember the office when he's like, I want to have the catch up fights? I'm like, who is that? What are you talking about? Who's Crazy who's person. That? Yeah. Uh, but no, the, the water fight was great. And like, I loved how he's like, it just takes a little, uh, little paint thin or a little elbow grease. And he just wipes it one, like effortlessly, like, you know. And, and then they're like, oh, it's on. It, it's on like soaped up Donkey Kong. Um, but yeah, so so like this was good, and then you know they they defeat Morgan Edge, uh, Wally Park, you know Steel does his thing. Um, I love it when he's like Clark, stay back. Uh, but I really wish he was said Superman, stay back, because <laughs> yeah. I'm a little worried he's gonna be loose lipped with the secret. <laughs> um, the other cool thing is he's been stalking his sister in this new world, <laughs> so. Um, I'm curious to see who they get to play her uh, yeah, and, and how she reacts to him because his character is dead in on this earth. Six um, years running. Six years. Yeah. So I or mean, six he's years like, gone, I should say uh, I'm here. I got this big scar now from fighting, uh, which always makes you look cooler. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's what, it's what they say. Uh, pain heals. Chicks dig scars. Glory lasts forever. Mm hmm. So in the in the great words of Shane Footsteps Falco. Uh, <laughs> anywho, all right, let's uh let's wrap this one up. Uh out of five jailed evil half brothers. What do you give it? This gets a four this gets a four and a half easy. Really? I could have gone a little little bit higher to like four point seven five. Wow. I'm I'm yeah. Wow. Okay, Owen Wilson. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Wow. So, I, wow, four point five again. That low. Yeah, I, I knew you were going to say that. That low. So, yeah, but again, this this show just continues to raise the bar. 
if there there are two writers' rooms that I would love to be in. This one, Cobra Kai. Oh yeah, and this one. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to be just like. Don't mind me. Hey, hey I'll bring you all something to drink. Hey, I just want to listen. Remember to Remember that talk. writer that got for, fired early on for being an activist? Do you think she's sitting at home and like, fuck? Why did I? Yeah. Why did I try to be stupid? Why no, didn't, she's, why she, didn't I, no, why didn't I just write I, good shit? Yeah, no, I think she's like the townsfolk. She's blaming everybody else Yeah, probably for I why mean, she got yeah, fired. She's not no... thinking of the, a person like, yeah, yeah. she's yeah. not thinking just based right. on what she You're said right. on Twitter. That's You're what right. I'm yeah. saying. So. But yeah, I everything about this I loved, which, by the way, if you all are listening to this, take a sip, take a drink every time we say, I love, we love something about this show. Dude, it, you, just, you'll be drunk pretty like, It is so good. All right, so I gave it a six out of five. This is my favorite episode. Whoa. This is I love it. This is the best episode of the series so far. Um, this is my favorite thing that I've seen in the Arrowverse since season two of Arrow. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. There's like hundred percent. Nothing on the Flash has ever touched this level of of no. just like action, drama, feeling, onions the, in the, the room, the, the brothers, the like everyone everyone who should have supported each other was. And then there was the drama of the town people turning the, mm-hmm. you know, Sam, not sure he's he's ready to trust Clark, but he's ready to trust uh, Steel Steel, like at the last minute being like, you know what? I can be like I can be a hero. And when he called the hammer, by the way, I thought that was pretty freaking cool. Yeah, hammer. that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, th- this is a great show. If you guys aren't watching it, like it's definitely <sighs> definitely now is the the time to get on board. Yes, absolutely. I want to get the Blu-ray of this, honestly. Uh, I'm going to get whatever has the extended versions. Yes. So just plain and plain and simple. All right, let's uh, let's move on to our our last. (sighs) What is going to be very contentious segment? I already know it. (laughs) Um, So I, 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 I'm not kidding when I, I said when I asked the question in the subtitle of this episode, what happens when you make the Black Widow a dime a dozen? Um, there is so much wrong with with this movie. Um, the very first thing is it's ten years late. That would be five. I, I so I told you that I thought like this should they have come out four, before Iron Man three one hundred percent. If they changed four things about this movie, it would have been an excellent movie. All right, I want to hear that's these number four five. Things. I want to hear these four that's, things that that they need to change to make okay. this a good movie because I'm I'm really hard pressed to see how that happens. No, I not at all. Well, at least for me. No, I'll, no, I'll no. I'm, I'm open. I'm open to hear it. Like, you know. Okay. I mean, I know you are a, a ScarJo simp. You've got your latex suit with her picture in the shape of the I Black got, Widow. I, well, I have my gift mask. Yeah. Well, you've got it unzipped <laughs> right now, so you're not you're not yeah. in super so simp mode yet. You're you're not yeah. you're not in super Saiyan simp mode yet. Yeah. I don't, so. don't want to asphyxiate while I'm. Yeah, while we're doing the show, anyway. that would be that would be a little bit awkward. <laughs> I zip my get max show. So, <laughs> so to to piggyback off of what you said, yes, this sh- this movie should have come out a long time ago, and I don't mean a long time ago as in last year or twenty nineteen. This 
absolutely. Now, I will say that I did not realize how much I wanted a Black Widow movie until after The Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. But when I saw her in The Winter Soldier, I think that was one of because we went to go see that, and I think one of the things that's like, okay, we need a Black Widow movie. Well, I, we both we said that we we had that conversation walking out. Um, yeah, and and when she pulled up in the Corvette and Winter Soldier, and she's like, "Hey guys, I'm looking for a fossil." Yeah. We were like, we were both cracking up. Like that was gr- that like that delivery was great. Um, this is again an instance where Eric Peterson, Jack Schaefer, and Ned Benson did not watch any of the MCU. And Kate Shortland, again, another one of these directors who hasn't directed anything of note, was handed a $250 million blockbuster tentpole movie and, you know, just just blew it. Like, literally blew it. Like, the, if, this, if, if, if this movie would have come out on schedule and people would have gone to see it, the backlash to this movie would be catastrophic to the MCU. I I'm 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 saying this as as nicely as I possibly can. The pandemic is the best thing that happened to this movie because people were so starved for that movie experience that they're, they're it, forgiving a lot of this a lot. Now I I don't know if that's actually I I don't know how true that is. Uh, I think it's too on some level. You're right. It that is true, but listening to some of the people say how they hated it or they didn't like it versus some of the people saying they really liked it. And again, I'm only going by the people that are in the community of, you know, that I see on YouTube. That's cause that's all I can do. Right. Or people that I talk to, you know, outside. Other than uh, me. <laughs> yeah. So, because again, one of my friends, he, he just thought it was average. Okay. And he had some of the same problems that we're going to talk about here with the movie and going even going in, I knew there was one thing I wasn't going to like. And I said, let me just hope the rest of this movie is better than what I knew I wasn't going to like. Mm-hmm. And we all know what that was. Oh, yeah. By the way, because, spoilers. Yes, yeah, spoilers. Yeah, massive spoilers. We're, I, I, I can't yeah. talk about this and hold anything back. So oh, no, um, no, if you, you haven't seen Black Widow, now is the time to pause and come back after you've seen it. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't pay thirty bucks on Disney Plus. Uh, I'm upset that I paid thirteen dollars to see it. So, so the thing is, I wouldn't yeah, pay there my monthly re- fee, just my regular monthly fee on Disney Plus to watch this. Yeah, yeah. So this is the thing about <laughs> what we're seeing with Marvel and the MCU. The MCU is going for more about checking boxes than telling good stories and it you would think with hey this is a female-led movie with black widow we don't have to worry about the check boxes because we have black widow here who over the last 10 plus years has been a badass in the mcu so we we don't need to focus on that Mm-mm. but what do they do they still focus on that they focus on that with an absolutely horrid villain in Drakov. Oh, and look, yeah. Ray Ray Winstone is fine. He was absolutely miscast for this role well, because he did a again, really like bad Marlon Brando. It was he was awful. Yeah. The character was awful. Oh yeah. That that's one of the things that were terrible about this movie. The second, and I knew this going in, because I, I did watch a where someone spoiled it in the sense of 
we had heard the rumors for months now that Taskmaster, they were going to do a bait and switch with Taskmaster. Mm -hmm. They absolutely did. Despite the fact that all the stunts were done by Andy Lister, yep. who to me is Taskmaster. And yeah. as your show notes well, say, if as well. you look in the show notes in the cast, I have Andy Lister listed as Taskmaster. And yeah. I have uh, Olga Korolenko, who has Antonia Drakeoff as Taskmaster's CGI hit. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to like that. It was even worse. It took away from the movie. Both of those things took a mm. lot away from the movie. Yes. The other thing I didn't like is Red Guardian, David Harbour. Say what you will about the actor himself. I don't care about that right now. <laughs> I'm focusing on what I really enjoyed him. So this is almost seems like, you know, two like on opposite ends of the spectrum. I enjoyed what we got with him. But I hated how they treated the character. I despise how they treated the character. This guy is supposed to be Russia's Captain America. Captain and he's America. a damn joke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. he's a damn joke. Yeah. He, 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 this guy could, you see it early on in the movie when, and again, I, I think the first 20 minutes of this movie is great. Um, uh, I love the start to this. The, the start and of this I movie thought, really made me want to go watch the series, The Americans. Because I've never watched I still it. Watched it's that on yet. my list. It's on my list of shows to watch. It's been on my list for a like, long time. It's like yeah. I think it's on Hulu. So it's like I I need to go check because I think I'm going to start watching it after the first 20 minutes of this movie was. Yeah. Like <laughs> that. That to your point, that actually does like because I've seen a lot of promos for that show and it yeah. it looks so good. I, I'm going to have to go go and watch. I that like Carrie Russell. I like Carrie Russell. Yeah, I re I really so, like Carrie Russell. Um. So yeah. Uh, yeah. They they treated him. He was a joke of a character. Well. In defense of Red Guardian, David Harbour is a horrible actor. See, and again, I, I can't even say that uh, because I like what he gave us. The only it's how they thing I've ever seen him in that I remotely even like tolerated him was Newsroom. Oh, I never saw him in that. Like he's fine. He's he plays Elliot, the ten o'clock anchor after Will McAvoy's show at eight, um, mm -hmm. and or six or whenever it's on, um. That really doesn't matter. I don't know. I'm worried about that minutia. Um, anyway, I hate him in Stranger Things. He's my least oh, see, favorite mind. part of Stranger Things. I don't mind him in Stranger him, him, Things. I thought he was fine in Extraction. Yeah. Um, him but, and then Winona Ryder's chain smoking are like my two least favorite uh, things about. Anyway. Yeah. And I absolutely like, like actually in the first, like you said, in the first 20 minutes, I'm like, all right, um, this is interesting. Like I, I could be on board for this capable character. And yeah. then the minute we see him in the prison, I'm like, nope, I'm, I, I, I knew what I was getting. I don't know why I got my hopes up. And and again, what do we see is that once we figure out that Taskmaster is Antonia, is Dracol's starter, mm -hmm. he doesn't land one blow on the on Taskmaster. Oh, not one. no. And like she throws him around like she broke his spine. Yeah. You know, like, are you, and that's another thing. Is, and again, there are ways you could. Uh, kind of validate this in the sense of when she punched black widow and black widow flew like 10 feet and when she kicked her she kicked her yeah. off the bridge right they never mentioned is this suit there's something is this yeah. suit augmented or something along those lines that's one of those things those little things that storytelling you you got it and again we we understand we're in this certain world where certain things you know, we kind of suspend disbelief, but even in a world where you suspend disbelief, you have to have rules mm -hmm. and you have to explain things like that. Just, just, 
it takes one line to explain it. Right. With like, you know, her body, you know, after the explosion, which I thought that was great to see that Black Widow basically sacrificed a kid to, you know, get out of, you know, the, you know, to cross stuff off her ledger yeah. or, or in the sense of, I, yeah. I thought that was a very interesting thing. And, and then it took it to me, I think it takes away from that just a little bit that the character survived. Yeah. I, it took everything away from that. It, it, it was, it, it, it was a defining moment in that character's arc that we learned in this yeah. movie. And then they immediately ripped that away because yeah. And by the way, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was about to say, by the way, once they mentioned Drake Carl's daughter, I was like, oh, she's 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 freaking Taskmaster. Yeah. Like the second I heard of the dart, the first well, time they mentioned the daughter, it's when they mentioned it's like it oh, was she's so the obvious CGI head of Taskmaster. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, I love action as much as everybody else. Probably more so. And, like I, yeah. I, I know very few people who enjoy action movies as much as you. Yeah. Yeah, and and mindless action. Because you, you enjoy know, action Michael movies after way all. more than I do. I mean, you know, I yeah. mean, uh, action movies are great. <laughs> I, no, I mean seriously, like action movies are great, yeah. but like it is not my favorite genre of film. Yeah. So when you talk about stuff like restraint and cutting, and a lot of times you say, "Oh, this movie could have been twenty minutes, thirty minutes short, easy." Uh, I well, think I said in this movie, in this one. Well, oh, I'm just talking about in general when you're talking about movies. Yeah. This movie. They needed to cut the action by 30%, yeah. at least. Yeah. And then, most of all, they needed to cut some of the stuff that, again, we talk about stuntmen and stunt women. Whoever the stunt, I, it used to be Heidi Moneymaker. I, I'm assuming she was still the stunt woman for uh, ScarJo. Don't get me wrong, she does a phenomenal job, but some Sam, of the stunts, oh, that, some of the things they put oh, Black Widow through. <laughs> Is ridiculous. Like when she fell off the building, she died right there. And then like, lands she died. The she lands over. on her feet. The movie is over. She died because she broke that her spine stunt? three times on her way. Down. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing I, well, the two things I thought were amazing stunt, and that is effing ridiculous. Yes. She would have been dead. Yeah. She, so, she doesn't have superpowers. None whatsoever. Uh, no. And she did not do the stunts for this movie. And that all of those things go together. Oh, she's working for me, on Avatar too. Sorry. Oh no, she did. I'm sorry. She did. She did Black Widow. She was the stunt double for ScarJo. Oh, Heidi right. Moneymaker. Yeah, Heidi Moneymaker. Okay. So those things separately, I don't care if you did every single one of those things perfectly separately. You have to do all of them because, again, think about it. You have Taskmaster, which is a bait and switch mm -hmm. as a female. You have Red Guardian, who's a joke of a character. Uh -huh. You have Drakov, who is a one-note slime ball with right. no redeeming qualities at all. Yeah, Melina, no, nothing interesting. Yeah, nothing Maiden. interesting. Yeah, nothing interesting about him. Mm -hmm. Now, again, it sounds like. I'm based on how I'm talking. You think I'm going to get a terrible? I, I feel like you're talking yourself I'm, out of liking this movie right now. No, I, I actually do like this movie, but again, I can absolutely point out the serious faults of this movie. Yeah. And one of the biggest reasons I'd like this movie is not because of ScarJo. It's because Florence Pugh stole the show <sighs> to, to, you know, your subline of what happens when you make the Black Widow a dime a dozen. What happens when the Black Widow isn't actually the best part or the star of her movie? Florence Pugh was absolutely so the star this, of this movie. This is where the movie falls apart for me. 
is Florence Pugh absolutely was the best part of this movie. Um, I, you know, Florence Pugh does not have like a huge resume as of yet. She's no, like she does 20, 24 years old, whatever. Um, she's a very young actress. I loved her in Fighting with My Family. Uh, where oh, I did too. She, where yeah. she plays uh, Paige. Was it Paige? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, she she's she's really good in that. I loved her in The Outlaw King as uh, Robert the Bruce's oh, yeah. wife. Um, yeah. Anyway, she was 100% the best part of this movie. Uh, she's apparently in all eight episodes of Hawkeye. Um, oh, really? Okay, yeah. cool. What this movie failed to do during the movie that they did at the end credit scene was prepare her to be the next Black Widow. To be 100% honest, part of this movie should have taken place in the past. Part of this movie should have taken place post-blip. Um, or movie, show. And and the thing is, is Yelena had the best lines. She had the best actual, like, mm-hmm. action scenes that were believable. Um, when she made fun of the little power pose thing <laughs> was... So that was the part where I, I told you I thought I fell asleep in the theater, and I actually fell asleep at that part. Like I nodded off for a second because I missed that. Because when I got home and, and sailed the sailed the high seas to to watch it again, um, <laughs> it was uh, that was I mean that was the, that that whole thing right there. Like even if it would have been just the two of them on the road going off to like solve like the mystery of why their family got broken up uh, was was the best part of the film. And it had nothing to do with action, and you know it was yeah. it was it was all of that. Um, and let's not forget, she has the scene where, out of all the scenes in the movie, like actually touched my heart, where they're at the dinner table, and she says, "You're you're talking about a life like the best part of my life was fake. Right. It was real to me." And listen to her deliver that line, and it it just made you you feel for her. Yeah. And oh, yeah. She, Everything she again. You mentioned everything else. The best lines. Like the, the, she had the best everything in this movie. Which mm-hmm. it's, you know, no, not in a way. Which as much as I loved her, I it was terrible that Scarlett Johansson, after ten years of just a, being a phenomenal character, and you know Natasha Romanoff is relegated to second string in her own movie. Well, and here's the thing is I think relegating her to second string is one thing, but they should have just switched what Yelena was doing on the, um, the helicarrier. Yeah. yeah. And what, um, Natasha was doing on helicarrier because like you can have task master or task mistress as the case may be, uh, (laughs) tracking Scarjo through the bowels of the helicarrier and then you could have had Yelena fighting um Drus- Dr- uh, Drakov I wanted to say Drakov uh, I've been watching too much Ultimate <laughs> Fighter um Drakov and killing him that would have that would have made way 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 more sense right um because here's the thing at the end of the day this movie is a knockoff of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> uh, I, I'm trying to find my notes. Uh, okay. I, I had them, and I can't find them now. Uh, okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> these are all the ways. So I have six six ways. Um, 
So Yelena is Natasha Sam Wilson. Drakoff is the homeless man's Alexander Pierce. Taskmaster is a token ovary list winter soldier knockoff because they give them hysterectomies. Uh, <laughs> they fight, and I wrote this in all caps, they fight on a falling sky base. <laughs> uh, Melina is kind of like uh, Sharon Carter, uh, getting them what they need, yet you're not really sure about her um, intentions. And the bad guy has widows around the world ready to kill whomever to serve in their goals, kind of like the three helicarriers in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And uh, I said here, it's like Jack Schaefer watched the screen pitch, uh, screen rant pitch meeting for Winter Soldier and used that as the basis for the story in this one. Yeah. So I will fire back on that. Well, first, I will say two of those I, I, I can't defend. Number one <laughs> is is the fighting on a falling, you know, the whole, whole falling red room. I'm whatever just calling you it a helicarrier. Call. Let's just call it a helicarrier. Yeah, because it had the which, iron, it had the Iron Man repulsor technology somehow. So, yeah, which is absolutely one hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is what what else did you say that? Oh. So most of the other ones. I, I would defend in the sense of these are all Marvel characters. The Drakov one, again, on a surface. Oh, the other one is like you, you, you compare it to Black Widows with how they had the helicarriers. Yeah, I, Operation I can Insight. absolutely see that. Yeah, too. they were they were the, they were the, a more personal version of Operation Insight. Yeah, the the and again when we were talking about this offline, what I did say is that because you, you talked about how it kind of like how the movie flowed, and I was like, well. That could be you could say the same thing for a lot of espionage movies, although because that's how this one started, mm-hmm. didn't quite finish off that way. Yeah. But the other things I'm like, OK, well, these are characters from the from Marvel. It, I would I like so you when you mentioned Drakov, there's a lot of differences. I, I can see where, why you would say that, but there's a lot of differences between Pierce and Drakov. And Drakov is is basically more of a I, I think I told you that he's more of a Bond villain, like a yeah. one note Bond villain oh, than uh, anything else. I, I think giving him a whole note is is a bit of an <laughs> like maybe one eighth or, you know, four or one sixty fourth of a Bond villain. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And again, it's. He's such a bad character. Yes. And it it's. It's really tough when you have a lot of other things going on. Like again, if you if it was a captivating villain, and, and it it could have saved some things, mm-hmm. but there was still there's still going to be problems with this movie. Yeah, don't get me wrong. And again, I mentioned the ones the biggest problems I had with that movie. Also, the worst line in the movie <laughs> is when uh, Black Widow saw her sister about to, you know, blow up Drake Hall's plane, and she was like. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that Scar Scar Joe should have been like. I am not saying this line. Yeah, right. I'm not saying this freaking line. Well, this is I, a stupid line. I don't feel like Scar Joe was like fully bought in on this movie. I, I I don't feel like we got her. We we did not get the a effort from from Scar Joe that we are used to seeing. Um, and that's actually just thinking about it right now. Parts here and there. And again, I'm not saying she mailed it in, but it doesn't seem like she was 100% engaged as she's been. Just think of how we saw her the last time we saw her 
No jokes, okay? Last time we saw her in Endgame. Plummeting to her death. Oh, my gosh. You cannot stop with this. <laughs> I can't help myself. Jeez. I just can't help it. Dude, I'm but... going to – I'm actually – my new one is going to be Conor McGregor's um, weak ankle. <laughs> um, so – yeah, dude, it was not a stress fracture before. They would have like, they would never let you fight. Um, uh, anyway, now the last time we saw her, you're absolutely right. She was fighting to live. She was fighting to to save the world and save Clint at the same time. Yes, and and you know she was she was also running herself ragged, saving Earth on a repeatedly you know, daily basis. Right. So yeah, this is not, this is again, like the whole, the whole idea, like the whole metaphor of this movie is family. Right. And she had to go back to find her current family, but the Avengers did not abandon her. Like they were trying to say in this movie, the, the, I don't, they I don't... had to split up. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't think she thought that, but I don't. I don't also think she don't believe. I think that's I don't what the believe, writers thought. Yeah, I was about to say. I, uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yes. And I'm sorry, but they totally retconned Captain America breaking everybody out of the raft. See, I don't know if they. And again, this it, is it, this it was a is, bullshit throwaway line. But she's like, I got to go rescue some people from. I got to go break some people out of jail. Yeah. It's like we saw yeah. that at the end of Civil War. We see Captain America in the raft. With the path of destruction in his wake. Yeah, and and this is the thing with that line right there. I I understand. It's a girl power line. Yes, that's what it is. But it does take away. It, it doesn't just take away from you know what Cap did. It takes away from her, mm-hmm. like Natasha herself. Yes, uh, because a lot of the things again, you didn't have to do, go this route in the sense because. We've seen 10 years of her kicking ass. Yep. She doesn't need handouts. She doesn't need check marks. She doesn't and need powers. That's the beauty of Natasha yes. Romanoff. She is as much of an equal as Thor. Because mm-hmm. she's cunning. She's brilliant. She's capable. She's strong. And she fights above anything else. She fights for what she believes in. And they took yeah. they 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 tried to strip that away from her for the two hours and eighteen minutes of this movie constantly. And it chipped away at the character. I, I I do feel like this movie tarnishes the legacy of Black Widow in the MCU a bit. And the the only reason, the only reason that as of recording, this movie has made two hundred and nineteen billion or two hundred and nineteen million. Whoa, I was about to say billion. Wow. No, two hundred nineteen million <laughs> at the box office. It's worldwide right now. Um, it's not being shown shown in China yet. It doesn't have a China release date. I can't imagine this movie is going to do well in China for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's not. It, it, it is not the send off that that Black Widow should have received. No, it's not. I mean, this is this is a core Avenger. This is this is actually a core of the MCU. Forget just forget the Avengers. She's like the uh, what's his name? Um, Warren G. Of of the uh, the Avengers. Everything she assists on is gold. 
<laughs> I mean, think about it. Think back to 90s rap and hip hop. If Warren yeah. G was on your album, it went gold. Warren G couldn't <laughs> do shit on his own. But when he showed up on like stuff with Snoop and Dre and Eminem and whoever, like it was it was solid gold. Yeah, th- this and again, I've said I've enjoyed it, but this right, was let's wrap it up. Like, <sighs> yeah, you know, I mean, we're just going to talk in circles. Yeah. All right. Out of 10. Falling from the sky on a broken down helicarrier and landing on your feet. Miraculously unhurt. What do you give this? I give it a six. Yeah, okay. that seems high, especially based on the stuff that. Especially after what you gave issue. the Tomorrow War. Because I feel like yeah. this was so, more problematic than that. Uh, well, there's the Tomorrow War did not have a Florence Pugh. True, 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 true. But it did have so. Chris yeah, Chris, I love Chris Pratt, but Florence Pugh. I won't say she was a saving grace in the sense of, well, I couldn't imagine if her, whoever played her was not as good. Then I probably would. Right. Yeah. So she, I, I will say she is the saving grace for me, giving this movie a six. Right now, it is like just in my top 15 of MCU movies in the sense of not necessarily better than, but would I watch this again versus watching a Captain Marvel, a Black Panther, Age of Ultron, or Dark World? You know, stuff like that. Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2 and 3. Absolutely, I will watch this before any of those movies. I liked ScarJo in this, which is a shame because I should have loved her in this. I absolutely love Florence Pugh in every respect in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I really did like the family dynamic, despite not liking what they did with Red Guardian. I did like all the interact- actions with the, the family. Mm-hmm. The Taskmaster thing was criminal. Drakov was awful. But again, I still think this was, for me, was a very entertaining movie. Not great by any stretch. A lot of problems. But it's a movie that I can actually watch again and not have a problem with it. Okay. So I put this one just above Thor The Dark World and after The Avengers. So it's... After The First Avengers? Uh yeah, just after. So it's seven from the bottom. Okay. So. So with uh, Age of Ultron. So my bottom is so from bottom up it goes Age of Ultron, Captain America, Black Panther, Iron Man two, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man three, Thor: The Dark World, Black Widow, Marvel's The Avengers, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Thor, Ant Man of the Wasp, Guardians two, Far From Home, Endgame, Civil War. First Avenger, Ant-Man, Homecoming, Infinity War, Ragnarok, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, oh, Captain Marvel. I thought you said Captain America was your second from the bottom. No, Captain America, Winter Soldier is like number six or seven. No, the first one. Uh, Yeah, that's like number six. Yeah, so anyway. But yeah, I mean, so um, my degree of difficulty for this one was a four, right? Mm -hmm. This should have been uh, like a gimme. This this is like someone someone tossed a wiffle ball at you and you hit it with corked bat, and you know it was it was a guaranteed home run, uh, and instead they whiffed and they had that big red like big Bertha bat, um, mm-hmm. and yeah it's uh it, it's degree of difficulty was a four, um which is what I give it I think 
uh, I think for this to get a 10 should have been a no brainer for, for this to even just be not, not a 10. I don't give anything a 10 for this thing to be a seven and above should have been a no brainer. And it's oh, a, easy. It's easy. a four. It, it's a mess. Um, Florence Pugh is the bright spot of this movie. Florence Pugh being Pew, 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 um, Pew, Pew, being in the Marvel MCU um, is interesting. I just fear the hands guiding the MCU now are That's my not concern. the steady hands that we had for phases one and two. Yeah, and I said the same thing to my buddies. Like, you know, we were talking about something else. He said, "In Feige, we trust." No. It's like I used to. No. I used to, but not anymore. Nope. I want, like, I, 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 I don't want, trust him at all. I want Feige and Michael Waldron to stay far away from Star Wars. They need to go into a galaxy far, far, farther away. <laughs> so, all right, uh, dude, we've gone super long. So let's uh, let's wrap up the show. Um. Just in, in recap, uh, Silverhawks cartoon, a lot of hope. Uh, Star Trek movie, low expectations, hoping for the best, preparing for the worst. Uh, Loki's a dumpster fire. Superman and Lolo uh, continues to be the best superhero anything we have going right now. And Black Widow was a huge disappointment to me. How would you wrap, yeah. how would you wrap that up yourself? Yeah. Put a bow on Very it, Daryl. Put a bow on it. Very excited about the Silver Hawks. Star Star Trek. Excited with Shackman. Mm, kind of wary about the writers and their inexperience. Loki was one of those things where you had you had the gold and you turned it to copper. Soups and Lolo. Can't say enough good things about it. I just can't wait for these final four episodes. Black Widow, while I enjoyed it. Well, like Brian, like you said, Brian, this should have been a no brain, not a no brainer. This should have been a softball to make this a good movie that people would talk about in a positive light for years to come. They didn't do that. Nope. Nope. All right. Well, cool. Thank you all for listening. Um, if you're listening to this on Sunday or Monday, we will see you at fretboard. If you're in Cincinnati or around, hopefully. Um, if you're not, we're going to post that episode in a, a week or so. And, uh, yeah, have a, have a great one and we'll talk to you later. See ya. The infamous podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just North of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>